With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This week's episode of Screen Talk is sponsored by On the Record. Described by The Guardian as a landmark, no documentary has so powerfully connected the causes of Me Too and Black Lives Matter. On the Record presents the stories of Drew Dixon, Sherry Schur, and Syl Lai Abrams as they grapple with their decision to become one of the first black women in the wake of Me Too to publicly accuse hip-hop mogul Russell Simmons of sexual assault. From filmmakers Kirby Dick and Amy Ziering, whose body of work has covered sexual assault in the military with The Invisible War, in college campuses with The Hunting Ground, and now the music industry. On the Record dives into the ways black women are too often ignored when alleging sexual assault and the cultural forces that pressure them into silence. For your consideration, On the Record is now streaming only on HBO Max. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly movie podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the executive editor and chief critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our editor at large. And we have a batch of Gotham nominations to talk about this week. And we have a new president. So a lot of stuff happening in the world. So before we get into the movie stuff, I do have to ask, because last week we were set, we were talking about how we had hoped that would be our first sort of post-election podcast. And we weren't quite there yet. How did your weekend go when that news finally broke? I was like when a lot of people hovering over CNN for days, you know, trying to time when the big announcement would come so I could watch it live. And uh, and I I I missed it. Of course, (laughs) I I was out. I wasn't watching it. Um, But um, I was I did my Saturday morning hike and and there were horns honking all over Los Angeles you could I, up on the hills you could hear them all over the city and that was a really joyous uh celebration how about it you it happened here yeah the same deal i mean I, we were in bed and i had been watching it on my ipad i had basically been going through every possible screen in my household that was available at different points in time depending on where i was so that i could constantly be glued to this thing i mean it was i resisted <laughs> I had the tv on the radio on in every room i was doing a similar yeah. thing of course. I mean, what the was thing your is, network of choice, by the way? Well, I, I think ultimately the the Steve Kornacki chart throb effect was was I couldn't I couldn't look away. I mean, I know John <laughs> King is sort of like he's, he's got my that guy. debonair. He's more of sort of like the Cary Grant or something. Of, of, of I don't the respond field, but... to him in a chart throb way. I love it that our friend Matt Brennan uh, made up that word and it stuck. <laughs> it's pretty effective, but I, I think it is worth pointing out. I resisted throughout this election cycle thinking of it as a narrative because if you look at it as a narrative, and the person who can manipulate media the most has the upper hand and that would have been Trump. So that's why I felt like I needed CNN to be more won. active. But CNN yeah, had the, the best ratings. The actual, the, the actual Over election the few experience. Days. It, yeah, it was, it was good TV. It was really good TV. And one thing I think CNN did really smartly was once it called it, it went back to the same visual tropes that it had four years ago with Anderson Cooper and um, Van Jones. Anderson Cooper threw a question to Van Jones and he broke down crying. Right. And Van Jones had that dramatic monologue four years earlier when Trump won that was terrifying. So he got his sort of sequel 
moment. They I mean, it was know. great. And TV. we all learn. We all learn what's, what <laughs> works, you know. Um, and, and I've been watching a lot more uh, television. I got a kick out of the story that you did, which is a follow up to the interview I did with Stacey Abrams for All In the fight for democracy. You did a nice follow-up on, on what really is going important. on in Georgia. It seemed important because the election isn't over, right? It's not, not it's it's over in in, in ways that our, our, our current president may not want to acknowledge, but it's not over in terms of the fight for the Senate. And it's so close that Stacey Abrams' ground game there is suddenly more important than ever before. I mean, whatever she did in Georgia, it seems like Biden will probably win that state when all is said and done. But this runoff for the two Senate seats is going to require a kind of a mobilization effort uh, that's on another level. So it is really great to have their perspective to have that movie, because I don't think that it's dated now. I think it's even Not more relevant. No, so. and it helped to galvanize everyone. It's obvious that the Democrats across the country uh, turned up in droves in a way that they never have before, partly because of all the activity that movies like this, other documentaries like Alex Gibney's Totally Under Control, other, um, you know, the John Lewis documentary. Um, there, there was so Borat. much material. <laughs> Give him Sasha credit. Aaron Corrin, Corrin, the, 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 the trial of the Chicago seven, reminding us of what happened in 1968. People were galvanized uh, to, to show up at the polls and, or, or do their mail vote ballots. And, and it really made a big difference. It may it have totally been did. Hollywood helped in this particular election, all the celebrities perhaps bored out of their minds in lockdown with no work <laughs> really stepped up in a way that I've never seen before. Well, it was, it was good to see that people were stepping up in ways that made sense. I mean, I was doing phone banking for Pennsylvania one day and um, or maybe it was Florida and Phil Lord was on there totally randomly. And really? I, was, I was just thinking about it. You know, it's just people were, I think, realizing that it's one thing to put something on social media and hope that it makes a difference. But that's kind of playing to your base in a really direct way. There was more of an effort, I think, by everyone at every level to get more directly involved. And that's why on some level the voting process was more successful because it's really hard to get people to understand not just that you need to vote, but you need a plan to vote. And every state has different ways of keeping you from doing that. And that's what All In really is about, is that it's well, difficult. And there's been evidence apparently that in Florida, for example, the Republicans targeted the Latino vote in a more successful way. They had a better ground game. They threw in all their socialist memes, you know, and it, and it worked, unfortunately. Yeah, the in Cuban Florida. vote was very So the ground game, the ground game is, is, a, is a big deal. All right. So we've got our uh, good old fashioned awards race. Back to that <laughs> old still, thing. We're still tracking. And it's looking really bad right now in one way, which is that COVID is spiking all over the country. And that means that theaters are closing all over California, at least. And the uh, long awaited reopening of New York and, Cal and LA is not gonna happen. And it means that a lot of these late breaking movies, obviously we've been talking about this for a while, the big studio movies are moving out, but now what's gonna happen to the specialty films that we're waiting for the theaters to open? And uh, you know, today, this week, Sony Pictures Classics, good old venerable 
this has nothing to do with the Oscars, but Sony Pictures Classics, you know, finally after 18 months, opened the, the climb. climb. I think it's relevant <laughs> because the climb should be should get a screenplay nomination or something. I, I love mean, that's this a great movie. movie. You and I both saw it at Cannes in 2019, and Sony Pictures Classics scooped it up. They got a UTA agent. They they've been booking uh, writing deals. You know, they started a production company. They've been having a, a career before their movie ever came out and I, I ran into these guys over and over again as you did on the circuit because they went to every festival this is what the Sony Pictures Classics people did they put them in every festival even Sundance 2020 and I would see them at the like Indie Spirit Brunch from last January yeah and I'm yeah. like it's a running gag you know you know I was an early open? fan of this I was a big fan of this movie I saw it right before Cannes uh two years ago and and was sort of hoping that it would continue to build and it kind of did, but it, it, it was, it was like you say, almost this extended uh, comedy of sorts. I went to the New York opening party, which was this tastemakers thing a week before it was supposed to open. They were going out to LA from there to do something similar out there. And then of course that was when everything shut down. So it was like, all I could say is I'm glad that it's getting out there. I don't know who's going to theaters right well, now or where they're seeing it, but they should if they can and they're willing. These two great. guys, if you ever get a chance to to run into them or see this movie, they're very, very charming together and very funny. And and they just, they're very quick-witted and they always make me laugh. Yeah, I'm on the phone with them. I did like two interviews with them and they just make me laugh. But but the- and, Well, I should say, we should also say the movie is fantastic. It's, it's a funny buddy comedy. Because but they're also- in it. But yeah, they the, their it. chemistry is great. And it's it's so innovative from the long takes to the surreal flourishes you'll never see coming and the kind of Altman-esque kind of bursts of violent showdowns and family scenes and stuff. It's a really edgy, fun movie. It, it's and, unexpected, uh, too. It's one of those it. movies where you, each time, each 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 scene, each sequence, you're going, oh, I, that, I did not see that coming. But but the idea, the idea is they were going to go on the road with the movie. So obviously right. that on never bikes. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were going to do stand up. It's, it's out there. <laughs> It'll have a life and they have careers and, and they're, I think, a, an important filmmaking force of sorts so that that happened and i will say though i can't totally comment on the entire process of the gotham nominations you know that one is certainly a movie that um even though it's not in this list of nominees i've always been championing as one of the one of my favorite movies of the year it's certainly my favorite comedy of the year and uh and i hope a a lot of critics are your favorite comedy of the year (laughs) well i think they're they're relative it's a relative scale i mean they're they're two totally different categories i'm just giving you a hard time (laughs) all right let's do the bit let's do the gotham so you and i have the same conversation every year and i'm not going to change my tune except for one thing so my argument usually is that your hopes and dreams that these little tiny indies are going to make it all the way to the oscars are are futile (laughs) recently Resistance is futile. Yeah, whatever. But you said Moonlight was a little movie too. So that one had all the bells and whistles it needed and a lot of support from, from the critics all the way through uh, and all the guilds and everything else. This this time I will change my tune to the extent that at this point, given what we were just talking about, the fact that some of these late breaking movies are never going to open. We have uh, movies that have opened, that have had some profile created, that are ahead of the of the pack. Uh, they have a bit better chance than they would have in another year. So smaller indies, like 
um, never rarely, sometimes always the Eliza, the Eliza Hitman or, or, or first cow, the, 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 the Riker the movie these could yeah. these could have an impact um more Gosh, likely is so. is sound of metal that's the one that I would you know Riz Ahmed got nominated and I think he I mean that would got for best actor even in another year I mean you could argue that that because he's so great in that movie it leaves such a strong impression he would be maybe a dark horse type I mean so it does stand the most to game but seeing you even mention something like First Cow in this conversation is super exciting to me because that movie, oh. hey, by Oscar <laughs> rules, you get best feature and best screenplay. That's a big deal. That's what happened here. So, hey, it is, it is you know, that movie has a great narrative for the, for, for the COVID year too because it had, it's it, it, they took it out of theaters because it was, it, its run was interrupted by all the shutdowns. And then, uh, said they were going to re-release it, and then they put it on VOD. It seems to have done well on VOD. It's one of the more celebrated movies. And she's it's made. on the Academy portal. Um, Kings, I don't think that's going to happen, honestly. But um, Kingsley Benadir, uh, getting a breakthrough actor for One Night in Miami, he he's going to get nominated, I think, for Best Actor at the Oscars. So I'm glad to see see him there. Um, well, what do you make of the Never Rarely thing? Because we have talked about that one on the on this show quite a bit. It's Going all a question Sundance. of what, yes, I know. It's a question. I mean, it, it's, it's got awards all over it. It should be up for screenplay, but that's a crowded category. Sidney Flanagan is great as a, and a young discovery, but I can't help but think that the Gotham's and, and the indie spirits are where she's going to shine. That's just the way it is. Well, I mean, people watch that movie and they come away with really powerful reactions to it. And if it's on that portal and it's got focus behind it, it's not, you know, it's not like they don't have the resources to push that movie along. What's missing here? What am they I missing? Do, they do have resources. The trouble with the portal is that it's full of a lot of draws. You know, people complain about it. A lot of junk. It. Yeah, everybody's like a lot just of spending their platforms. money. It's 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 crowded, you know. So how do it's the same problem? What's going to be at the top of what is now, you know, this screener pile? Um, it, it's the equivalent of of that. And the screeners have not started showing up yet. I will. I want to point out one other film in the best uh, feature category. Again, it's like I, I I guess I'm not supposed to talk about the process, but it's cool to have a genre film in there, Relic, which to me is the strongest horror movie to come out of Sundance since uh, Babadook. It's a really, really cool movie about, basically about Alzheimer's, but it uses the Alzheimer's format to ex to create a monster movie of sorts. It's a really fascinating first feature, uh, Australian Japanese filmmaker, uh, who I think really made an impression on the genre community this year. And ho hopefully the Gotham nomination elevates this movie in, in right. It doesn't way. have I to mean, be about the Oscars. Uh, I, I'm yeah. really happy when somebody shows me uh, a title that I should catch up with, and Relic appears to be that title. So exactly. I'll catch yeah. up with it. Well, I mean, the, I haven't seen some of the documentaries that got nominated. I still haven't seen 76 Days. I didn't even That's know really about good. Our Time Machine, A Thousand Cuts. Obviously, That's time really good is, too. Time is um, the one that, you know, well, is, let's is make a real the Oscar. Uh, time is extraordinary, of course. Um, and of course, Nomadland is a front runner at the Oscars. So that's not a surprise that, that we would have. Right. Uh, that and issue. she won for the writer the last time she was not. Right. So close out. Right. Yep. International feature. Uh, Baccarat was last year. Beanpole was last year. Cuties is on the shortlist for France, which I wonder about me. that. I'm I curious don't about think cuties. they'll put it up. Because, I saw Cuties. 
And I will confess to you that while I actually feel very strongly that the director should not have been criticized for the movie the way she was, as if she was objectifying um, the young woman, um, I, I did feel a slight discomfort at the way- I've heard that, some of the people say, I, I, I should watch she it was to portrayed. have an opinion I'd be that. curious to hear, hear your take. I, there is still I, a I understand between. why people are uncomfortable with it. Yeah, but don't give Ted Cruz too much credit here. No, that's part of the problem. It's a beautiful it movie. Is, She's very gifted, and she, and she also, understood what she was doing, and and right. argued very strongly. Because I happened to see her at the um, the Berlin press conference, she argued very strongly that she was portraying accurately what is existing in reality, and that she and had the, the right to do that. And she is does understanding that yeah. if there's a, a consent on both sides of the camera, then it, it changes the nature of the conversation. But the outrage machine went after this without even actually looking at the movie itself because subtlety is dead to that block, and and they have a different kind of agenda. So I think it's if they do submit it. Uh, I would hope that Netflix gets behind the movie in spite of this. They've defended backlash. it through thick and thin. So. They've been quite good about it. Um, I never saw Martin Eden. It got really oh, weirdly yeah. polarized reviews. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a weirdly polarizing movie, but it's but it's cool. I mean it's got a it's a, you know Jack Eric. London adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then Wolf Walkers is of course um, going to be in the animated race. Yeah, I think that's absolutely interesting. Absolutely wonderful. Creating a space for it that. in the but the idea of putting it in the international category, I think that's a savvy move by the that select by that nominating committee. To, to acknowledge that these are movies and they can go into any number of different categories, not just animation. So, so Netflix obviously got Ma Rainey out to the Gotham voting block in time for them to see it. Um, very few people have seen that film. So yeah, and it's worth noting a lot of the they other Netflix Chadwick movies are on not. There. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, you know, for example, Mank was not. Uh, that wasn't eligible. There's so some budget eligible. cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a budget. Well, it's it's not a specific figure like the spirits, but it it it, they, it is a choice that's being made. It also has to do with there are rules about um, producers have to be American, things like that. So there's, the more you drill into it, the more you can understand why certain things are not submitted. Um, I would have liked to see the small acts series from or, or set of five movies from Steve McQueen. Uh, nominated for that series category. I don't know if that was a possibility That's an or odd if it's, omission. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a British series, so so that may be why. I don't I don't know if that those rules apply, but it's it's nice to see Unorthodox and Watchmen on there. Unorthodox is a German production, as far as I understand it. So I don't know exactly. How I that love goes. that movie, yeah. uh, that series. Great. Um, Great. So Great I'm thinking stuff. of ending things. Got nominations for Jesse Plemons and Jesse Buckley, the two Jessies. But I don't think, uh, except for screenplay, that that really has a shot. Um, no Buckley. The Oscars. You know that people people really like her, and that I mean everyone's uh, I, talking I, about that thing. Maybe it's a great performance. You didn't think she was good in the movie? Come she was on. wonderful Amazing. in the movie. I just recognize we... that that's a movie that not that many people have seen. You think so? I don't know. I, I mean, do. I, I, the, I think that, I, I don't know how many people liked it, but it's, I mean, I, I'm not talking about Academy members. I don't know exactly what the that's Academy That's what I'm talking about. Is. I mean, I'm just yeah. thinking, generally speaking, it's it probably has done better on Netflix than it ever would have done in theaters because it's such a bizarre kind of, you know, editing that. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So do you want to do Doc NYC? Yeah, let's get into that because we've been hinting at it for a few weeks. Usually we get that earlier. This year we got it after uh, the main lineup 
documentary because the series this week. well they were waiting so. to see so there were about four movies that they wanted to see play out at the fall festivals um and they uh they included 76 days as a result of that and um and uh, a few, uh, M- they wanted, MLK FBI played Toronto and did well. Um, and they've got, um, it's an interesting list. They, they, they left out some of the political movies, like Totally Under Control and um, All in the Fight for Democracy, partly because they, they seem to think it, it's an interesting list because Tom Powers and his team are on the one hand predicting what's going to be on the final 15 best and Oscar they're informing. List, and they're trying they're to advocating. inform advocate yeah. curate and it's describe. also i mean these are but people the, who are programming these movies throughout the year so playing a role in that narrative you know totally especially I mean, tom and in, in toronto and and so he has mlk fbi is one of his favorites for example but he also I has like to that play a, 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 a i still haven't seen that one that's yeah, i've seen see a lot it. of docs but that's one i still have to see all right so there's a lot of um spreading the wealth there's politics involved too, you know, in terms of spreading the, the wealth with, with the different dis- distributors so that, you know, of all of them, Netflix has three, you know, c- compared to, you know, one for just about everybody else. They had to be careful. Yeah. So it's a nice, camp is it's still there. Nice Boy State is still there. You know, the, the big ones. Welcome to Chechnya, which was also started. It's run around the same time and time. And then you have Truffle Hunters, actually a lot of movies from Sundance, which is not yeah, They always are. It's, it's a thing. Um, I'm curious about something like Gunda, which is, you know, this incredibly which experimental movie. But I mean, just relative to these other films. It's still accessible. It's, is it? I, I like mean, I guess I'm, I don't innovative. judge that well. No, <laughs> it is very it's innovative. It's a heart tugger. It makes but people it, but cry. It, but it does require people to kind of commit to what it's doing in a different kind of way. I mean, it's, uh, it I, I, no, I guess this year. The narrative is, there's no talking heads. Let's put it that there's way. No, there's no talking period. It's some grunting. But you have to watch it at home, and that's different from the theatrical. Oh, it's gorgeous too, though! So. It's one of the most stunning. Uh, I mean, there were some omissions. Uh, the Dissident didn't make it, which I think is one of the big ones um, about Khashoggi, and I uh, Naturno didn't make it. The Chicken Franco Rossi, which may be partly because it doesn't have a, an announced distributor yet. But yeah, that's unfortunate. I, I hope love it gets that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. And Collective is nice. It's nice to see that on there. You know, one of the great movies about journalism, period. Yeah, and the uh, Romanian uh, entry. Yeah. For, you're right, for foreign. And Dick Johnson is dead is, is amazing. So it's actually, it's a nice range. If this is the realistic contenders for the Oscars, it's a, it's a really good scope of styles and subject matter. So what I'll say is that 10 of these are on my Oscar predictions list. So I agree Mm. with 10 of them and um, I haven't changed any of them yet. (laughs) I might go in and fiddle. (laughs) Yeah. But as as I see more movies, I change uh, picks. So I guess it'll be interesting to see if there's any kind of surprise before the end of the year. You know, as far as we know, there isn't some definitive secret movie about the 2020 election that's going to come out in December and become a, you know, late submission, but I suppose there's always possibilities, right? I mean, we've got Sundance around the corner and Sundance will have its own kind of- They'll have uh, a whole new list for next year. Yeah, so there's a lot There's a lot of open questions here. Are you watching Doc NYC films? They have 108 features, so- lots There are a few that there. I have to catch up with. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, I have to see on the record, for example, the Kirby Dick, mm. Amy Swearing movie, which I've been looking forward to. Uh, there are a number of them that I'm gonna still, still, still working my way through the list. 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to see a few this weekend. There's a documentary called The Meaning of Hitler, which obviously is, is a very timely subject matter and, uh, and a few others, something called Television Event that is an all archival based documentary and looks quite strong. And I've been telling people about it this year because you can get that Doc NYC app on your Apple TV. Yeah. You know, my, my parents are going to watch Doc NYC this weekend. I think I sent it to great. a whole bunch of friends. I recommended that everybody sign up and watch the movie. People are watching stuff. They need stuff to see. That's a perfect opportunity. But yeah, exactly. The access is what makes it such a perfect opportunity. And that's why I'm kind of curious about how Sundance will go, how this virtual festival thing continues as the pandemic continues and festivals become these national events. I think it is a win for the culture, even if, you know, overall it's, it is a, a business challenge that everyone has to sort out. So I'm still you know. very curious to see what, um, for example, we're talking about the docs. The likelihood is that Netflix would return to Sundance with some doc programming. Uh, they've been letting festivals go, but this is different. This is more of a, of a launch festival. Um, but the, the, the idea being that there may be films that were thinking of going to Sundance because they might come out in time for the Oscars. If no, there's no theaters open. Yeah. Is that the plan? The I, I you can need see Sundance that. for other things. Yeah. You need Sundance for distribution for, you know, maybe a different kind of marketing launch or something like that. But, uh, it's, it's not going to be something where it's going to be the first step in a, in a theatrical lifespan, at least not yet. So just shifting subject matters to another item from this week, should we address your surprise favorite movie of the year, Hillbilly Elegy? That isn't fair, Eric. <laughs> no. That is not fair. There's a difference between being a little bit provocative and saying, uh, hey, guys, this is a mainstream Ron Howard movie. <laughs> with two over-the-top scene-crunching performances by overlooked Oscar actresses. And the <laughs> Academy and the people on Netflix are more likely to respond well to this movie than the critics are. And okay. I call that one <laughs> perfectly well. I said, the critics are not going to like this movie. And boy, <laughs> did they not like it. Yeah, actually, I, even I was surprised at how vicious these responses were. I mean, it, I, I thought the movie was, was pretty messy and on some of these performances were really over the top, like you say, but man, people were just, just like went into it from every possible angle, including the issues that they seem to have with the original book. So that's uh, the real issue. Perspective. Yeah. And Netflix uh, waited until after the election to open it. But um, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think that there are... Um, we have to remember that filmmakers like Ron Howard and movie stars like Amy Adams and Glenn Close with their very powerful representatives uh, in the uh, agency world, they carry a lot of clout in these situations. And if I were Netflix, I would have said to them, hey, we're going to wait on this one. We're not going to put this out now. Because, uh, but they want to be in the Oscar conversation and they want to have that chance. There, there's all this pressure that, the th that those actresses haven't been nominated and this could be the one, you know? And, and I, I just, I think Netflix is powerful, but they don't seem to be as powerful as they could be in terms of, 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 of talking back to the, the pressure that's put on them uh, to, to put things into the Oscar conversation. They but it's not, I mean, it, 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 it should it have been also, held back. I mean, as, as you point out, 
pointed out earlier, though, it, it could still be very popular on the platform. I mean, I know I was saying I'm thinking ending things probably did pretty well there, but this is the kind of thing that presumably for, you know, at least yeah. around the country could do I well. think the reason that the critics uh, are so tough on Ron Howard, and I would argue that he's made quite a few very good movies, um, including uh, uh, Rush, which I love uh, the racing movie. And, you know, when he gets out of the, the kind of, but w- unfortunately people associate him with this kind of mainstream heart tugging, manipulative. Yeah. He's like a glossy Hollywood, you know, movie making. And that there is a school of people who do that. And it's a, it's a specific skill that go, that has to do with being in theaters and has to do with playing to a wide audience between the coasts and getting and all those people to show up at the theaters. This is this is going to play what you I think it will play well on Netflix, but um, critics really don't like that kind of filmmaking. Uh, well, I have to tell you, critics like Apollo 13 or whatever, you know, but if there's I'm not something sure if it can't. I mean, I love Apollo 13. Um, and uh, I think I even I, I even think A Beautiful Mind is a good movie. Uh, it got decent reviews when it came Russell out. Crow was amazing. Um, it, yeah, it's not like it's, I think it's on some level, it's like there is just a general sense that where we're at right now, people are more excited by other things and seeing this, these more familiar kinds of sentimental well, they tropes. Feel is annoying. They yeah, feel antiquated. old fashioned. Yeah, antiquated. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, the movie has. Um, but the movie itself. <laughs> The movie itself is, I like the documentary filmmaking. The cinematographer is Maurice Alberti. I, I, mean, I mean that they move the camera around and get a lot of, uh, these are based on real characters. It, it, it isn't entirely um, made up out of some kind of Hollywood whole cloth. It's, it's, there's some, I was, resp- I actually responded to the, to the addiction drama of it. I, I did. I never read the book. I don't care about the book. There's Other one scene I liked. The There's one scene I did really like. There are other scenes I was I, I thought were okay, but there was one scene I really liked, and it's uh, it's Glenn Close in a hospital, just choosing to get out of a hospital bed because of the way that it was filmed. And even though I thought overall it's like I would not have cast this, this movie this way, I would not have even had this person direct it. I think like if it comes across as even the graphic. You and I both want most, the indie version of the movie. Well, yeah. And, and yeah. cast people who live there and stuff, but, but she does find some moments where she, she works around that challenge. So maybe the movie's worth watching just for that, that moment or two, but <laughs> damning with faint praise is certainly something that, that comes to mind here. So we'll see how the next couple of weeks go though. It certainly is an unpredictable season. I mean, Netflix, as you say, has quite a has quite an end game and uh and yeah, there's more rainy is coming up midnight sky from george clooney there's there's plenty more to i think the sophia lauren is out there at this point yeah um, yeah before it hits the, the site i i'm actually looking forward to seeing the prom just as an escape you know ryan I saw Murphy's that on broadway musical me too right. i liked it on broadway <laughs> I do miss going to those shows. So it's Me nice too. when we have stuff pop up like that. So, all right. So next week, I don't know what's coming up. We've got things around the corner. Doc NYC will wrap up. We'll get a chance to catch up on various different things. 
maybe you can watch Relic. I'll watch, I don't know, 76 Days or something so we can both catch each other up on what we've missed as the uh, award season continues. And um, hopefully they call some more states before we reconvene. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Eric. Have a good weekend. Take off. All right. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.